welcome to the Front Court Female Podcast. I'm your coach, Jillian, and I pick you for my team. You win in the end, so get into the game. Be present with me in this moment. Be here with me, whatever's happening, whatever has happened, whatever you're worried about, just be here with me now. This is part one in my two-part episodes on positive thinking and manifesting the game you want. I meant originally to have this as one, but these are just such juicy topics, I had to split them into two. So before I go any further, I wanted to say that if this resonates with you, please subscribe, maybe five-star me, maybe leave a cheeky little review, tell your friends about me. I am such a little noob out here learning and growing with you in this space, and I'm so excited to get this podcast kind of growing. Um, Word of mouth would be awesome. Positive thinking, manifesting, law of attraction. It all sounds pretty simple, right? So say, say you're on your coffee break, right? And you see some positive quote on Instagram. You're like, oh, positivity. Yes. You, maybe you repost it. You get some clap emojis in response. That's what we currently have lowered the bar enough to regard as conversation, right? Like a reaction emoji on Instagram. Cool. So in this moment, you walk away and you're feeling lighter, maybe even inspired, ready to take on the world that day. Then something happens. It could be the tiniest thing. Maybe the guy you're crushing on falls back. Maybe uh, the girl you like is posting online with some other dude. Maybe your work piles up and your boss is side-eyeing the fuck out of you. Your stocks plummeted. Your bills seem higher than your income. Maybe you tripped and fell onto a homeless man on the red line and he touched your ass. Yeah, that last one was me last Tuesday. Something happens, whatever it is, that makes you snap into thinking the world is being controlled by forces outside of you. So you read a positive quote and you felt lighter until you went out and experienced life not quite working out as planned. And that snaps you right back away from your positive quote into your old way of thinking. The quote was just a fleeting line you skimmed, right? In your eyes, out your ears, and your internal state is in chaos. So this cycle with the moment of positivity, then the pitfall back into chaos is super common. And it happens because positive thinking is kind of always easier said than done to an undisciplined mind. An undisciplined mind probably forced these perfectly manufactured positive thoughts into their head, right? But what happens when they go out and experience something that they perceive as negative, they start to second guess themselves. They stumble, become defeated, and fall back into the same spiral of what if, what if, and the what is this person going to think about me, and the I cannot win this game. When it comes time to put your positive thoughts into action, most people stumble because they didn't do the work of becoming disciplined. And here's what sums up everything I'm about to say in this episode and the next. Here's my thesis, if you will. I hate to say it, working on yourself takes actual work. Do you walk into the gym, pick up like a barbell, squat 200 without even warming up, and leave with all the results you wanted in one day? No, it takes consistent effort to work your way up to loading that barbell with 200 pounds. You have to work on your progress slowly, being patient with yourself, taking into account recovery, injury prevention, and the inevitable life interruptions to your plan. 
So why do we think we can just bypass the part where we create discipline in our mental processes, just like we have to in our physical ones? There's two types of players. I know that's cliche, okay? But some of them, and I've been this type of player in my past story, some of them sit on the bench and claim they're working on themselves. Hey, Jillian, are you seeing anyone? Oh, no, I'm not dating right now. I'm actually, I'm working on myself. Everyone high fives me. They're like, oh, great. That's so good of you. Reality of what I was doing. I was on the couch eating cheese poofs, watching SportsCenter repeat itself, ignoring the opposite sex instead of going out and learning from them and gaining experience to apply to my game, which would get me closer to the ending I want. And listen, I want you to eat the cheese poofs. I do. They're so crunchy. Go for it. But you know that I'm talking to you if you're throwing around lines about I'm working on myself, which translates to you sitting on that proverbial bench. And I get it. You have the desire. Okay, you want to shift your thinking to become positive, right? And you want to manifest the things you want. And it's annoying that you can't just flip a switch and it's super frustrating. You don't really know what to do to stop the current pattern of negative thoughts. And, you know, then you layer on a fake positive counterthought. And then you have this frustrating realization that you're playing like an ineffective game of internal boomerang. It is so important that we understand that no, we cannot flip a switch. And no, that should never be an expectation we place on ourselves. The switch flipping won't happen because you've been involved in the patterns that your thoughts are telling you for your entire life. Your mind pumps like a million thoughts a day, right? And you choose what thoughts to label as dominant and where to firmly place those thoughts in the front of your mind. So those dominant thoughts that you choose that tell you, oh, it's not as easy as people say, that maybe it would just be easier to put this thing off or wait for it to come to you, your mind creates a world with your thoughts. When you align your subconscious with your conscious mind, then you attract whatever experience you believe you deserve, positive or negative. And I want to commend you if you're here. Obviously, if you're here in my space, you're doing work on this. Your mind is set to having what you want in the end. And yes, that is alignment. But it's possible your alignment is focused on the wrong dominant thoughts if they are telling you things won't actually change. So you can wake up from this system of thinking to the realization that you have a choice, which I'm referring to as autonomy in your thoughts. So I'm trying to start off these episodes by showing you that there is a pathway to control. And as a scientist, I often like to prove my points with facts. So this is not theory. It's a fact that you can use your thoughts to become a, yes, more positive person, a person who can effectively manifest things. It's just probably not going to go the way you're expecting it to or go as easily as you want it to. So people always tell me that I'm a positive person and I kind of laugh at first because I don't think of myself as some inherently glasses half full type of person, but I I do often uh, do the same thing to thoughts that are said aloud to me as I do to my own thoughts within me. And that thing is that I reconceptualize them. Before I get into this, I want to make sure it's clear that in a lot of ways, commanding someone to go do the work can be a form of shaming. Positive shame 
can be something where you recognize that you have some things that you need or want to change. And the moment that you have awareness of something you need to change, that is healthy shame and that's something that's inviting you to grow and you should breathe into that feeling. It probably brings up sad feelings too and that's okay because it's your call to change. But if we are really doing the work, then we are not hurling judgments at anyone about where they are. You know, I'm not here to point my finger at you like, go do the work, you low consciousness hag. I'm here, I'm here to meet your learning processes with grace in mind too. I'm trying to create space for understanding. And at no point should there be any judgment to self or to others. There should not be comparison of self to others. It's not their game, it's yours. And a good example of this is, okay, so LeBron James just won a championship, right, with the LA Lakers. And the sports media is generally not congratulating him half as much as they are comparing him to Michael Jordan, who came before him, right? Or like, we, like we can't even enjoy the great basketball we have going on now because it has to be made into a contest of who will have done it better in the end, which by the way, will ultimately be impossible to determine nor prove. Whatever you're trying to accomplish via comparison of yourself to another can never be proven. So why are we bothering to do that? When comparison goes on, it makes us unable to meet ourselves with love and appreciate the information that we're receiving objectively. So please meet yourself with compassion at all times, including when you're addressing the work that you have to do. Even If you feel like you're standing at the bottom of a mountain that you have to climb, which believe me, I have been exactly standing there at that bottom. Never go to a place of shame or self-judgment. All right, that's out of the way. Now, a little science of the mind. You knew this was coming, okay? It's me. You knew this was coming. I'm going to use a little science as an overview to apply my points. So you have differing levels of consciousness. You know this. The word consciousness is constantly thrown around, right? It's used by what, yogis, hippie type of influencers, um, Oprah? I mean, it's overused, but it's good to have this stuff straight. Okay, the first one is your conscious. Simply put, your conscious mind is your awake mind. You're firing constant thoughts that, you know, fire other thoughts and your memories that live inside of you are moving in and out of your conscious thoughts. So the conscious mind can deal with a lot of thoughts at once. That's why you're often like, oh, my thoughts are racing. Your conscious can be like a million little balls bouncing around in the conscious mind of your core, right? It can feel crazy having all these thoughts bounce around. So then we have your subconscious, which literally means below. Makes sense, like a submarine, right? So your subconscious is in between. And this often presents as an intuition-like sense that kind of comes over you. Like, "Mm, something's not right about this situation. This person kind of seems off. All of that is your subconscious signaling. Your subconscious is what triggers your feelings. Like anything starting with I'm feeling tells us a subconscious thing is happening below. Then there's something, this is less common knowledge, there's something called the non-conscious, okay? Which is different from your unconscious. And the non-conscious is what happens when you're like knocked the F out or maybe put under anesthesia. It's where you're having zero sensory experiences. Non-conscious is like the third level down. And this is where your memories are stored. Your beliefs that you held since childhood, um, your deep-seated thoughts. And 
Your non-conscious is always awake and working. Isn't science just like so crazy? Sorry. So, your thoughts are all bouncing around, never stopping throughout all of these levels of consciousness, and this is energy. It's energy that exists, not that was created. Energy is real. It's not some like foo-foo, weird, floaty, batshit concept. Energy is physics. Energy is real. Energy is transferred. It is neither created nor destroyed. Yeah, remember my C in physics? I remember too. I know all this from that. So your thoughts vary in energy and you are in control actually of how much energy you apply to each thought. So say you hit an emotional trigger. Thoughts from your subconscious or your non-conscious are then triggered. So this causes a huge wave of what? Energy. And you're hit with feelings. So we're focusing today in this conversation on the feelings we code as bad, right? So the toxic feelings that come up, maybe depression, maybe anger, maybe hopelessness. So say that one of these feelings comes up and what do you do? You go talk to your friend, maybe a therapist, um, a teacher, whomever. And after that, you feel calm. I know for me, the most calming thing like during a trigger or after is um, to talk to friends. So the high energy emotions from the bad feeling, they seemingly go away, right? Because you calm down. Well, it doesn't go away. It's actually transferred into a different form. So the energy kind of goes back to like more of a chill wave as opposed to the wiggly, crazy, upset one from when you were kind of freaking out. So on a conscious level now, you might think you have this thought under control. But what you probably did was pushed it down. Humans are exceptionally amazing creatures at suppressing. We love to lie to ourselves. And it's all in order to create this illusion of comfort. The problem is our subconscious, who always tells the truth, actually knows otherwise. And it's, it's fascinating that we can do that, right? Convince our conscious level that we're fine when we're not. So the question is, how do we collect autonomy over our triggering thoughts that we are operating under the illusion of being unable to control? So what you should do is go through a process of actually changing this thought. And yeah, talking to someone to get in touch with your actual thoughts, what's really going on, is super helpful. The difference is this. When it's in the subconscious mind, it's driving you. You act out because of that unresolved toxic feeling, whereas if you bring it into the conscious mind, you are able to fix it. This is cool, am I right? So the first step is realizing you have this autonomy over your thoughts. And thoughts are physical matter, remember? They're living energy. They are a thing. Your thoughts become things. Synchronicity between your thoughts and your world is always present. As soon as you're aware that you have autonomy over your thoughts, you're empowered to change them. This is empowerment. So the thought that you're having does not have to dictate you. Yes, you experienced something that brought up your toxic thoughts, some anger, um, some depression uh, attached to that thought you had. You do not need to numb this thought with alcohol. You do not need to push it down because what you feel is merely information. It's just a signal from your subconscious mind. Hey, you might want to work through this thought and maybe you should restore your energy to a less excited level. That could be what some people mean when they say balance. Feelings are nothing but information. The problem is we are taught by society to code certain feelings as bad and then we suppress them because we think we have to. Feelings are never bad. Feelings are information. They just are. Realize that you have an option. You have a choice. When you bring your thoughts to your conscious and they're there, 
you have a choice from here. So step one, have the thought, feel the feeling, and obtain the information. Step two, check your body. Where are you tense? So your body is often the first sign that you are having thoughts that are messing with your balance. Huh, I'm tense in my shoulders. What is going on here? I'm feeling upset. I mean, have you ever had that upset feeling? You can't pinpoint what it is. Step three, pay attention, identify the feeling, and then sit with it. We have been taught to fear emotions. Don't. If there are information which you have access to controlling, what is there to fear in this thought? You're creating these. Your energy is your own creation. The game is yours to play. You are not your thoughts, okay? So this little step-by-step process shows, it shows you that thinking and you feeling and all of that results in you choosing. It's important to note that last thing. When you think, then you feel, then you choose. Your mind builds these thoughts on top of each other and these thoughts become physical matter. Sort of like in the game of basketball, you fire off a pass, right? Your thoughts are firing off on each other. Sit with your thought and then process what about your story that it's bringing up and reinvent. Reconceptualizing your thoughts is the path to empowerment. So here's a quick example, and I'm going to speak heteronormatively with this example, just to warn you. So say you are a woman who notices a sexy man at Starbucks, and you immediately feel like, oh, I would, I would love to date him. That thought is throwing a pass to some other thoughts, you know, coming up and down from your subconscious, and they are memories of when you've dated people before, the pain and the pleasure of your memories of dating. So this thought has created a feeling, an emotion. Which of those emotions tied to the thought do you listen to the most? Could it be the bad ones? The ones like, uh, well, dating hasn't worked out for me before. So you might experience a physiological response to these thoughts. Maybe you, uh, you freeze in place. You don't like those feelings. You've identified that you don't like those feelings, so you decide to completely avoid the thought of even trying to date this person. Maybe when you look at this person, they have some facial hair you like, but you code that as danger. Oh, I've dated someone with that facial hair before. It was a hurtful experience. This one probably will be too. Danger! Do not approach this person. So that's just an example of some spiraling thoughts, right? So how do you reconceptualize that process? Well, let's start by saying whatever you think about the most, that thought will grow. It's like you're watering that thought and it's, it's growing into a tree. When you're standing here frozen at this point in Starbucks, you have a choice in what you pay attention to. You can push those thoughts down, suppress them, and send them back into the subconscious just for them to emerge later. Or you can actively work through the thought. So I'm going to talk about identifying your why And it's important to note that once you've identified your why, to not get stuck in your why. So maybe you're standing there in Starbucks and you're like, why do I think that every man who looks like this might hurt me? Oh, because somebody did and those hurt feelings still exist. But now here's where we question the thought. Do I know this thought to be true? Who could I be without this thought? Let me separate myself from this thought. I've never met this person, and I don't know for a fact that they would hurt me. Maybe I should say hi. Find what caused your toxic thoughts, and then look at the cause and the story behind it, and then move forward in your new story. The key is to not get stuck in the why. Yes, break down the thought and apply it to your story, and always accept your story. 
Your story being your past, it served its purpose. It happened, but it doesn't have to be my purpose going forward. So do you see kind of how this is reconceptualizing and it's not just reframing or putting a blanket over it? I accept my story, but I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be this closed, non-trusting person. So what can I do to push myself beyond this thought, this belief, this story? What is my greatest fear with this? Really get into your why and accept your why. And what can I do to counter this? So I'm always saying, you know, never take your story away. Never eliminate your story. Your past happened. Redesign your thoughts, but never eliminate your story. Just rewrite it in a way that enriches your future. Make your story work for you. Does that make sense? Because saying I don't like that part about my story, you know, the one where I met this hottie with some facial hair and I got hurt and it, it leads me to, of course, be afraid to connect with people now. All right, you have that going on. Just meet yourself with love there and accept it rather than hate it. Memories live forever in your subconscious, but they do not have to hold you back. They can be reconceptualized. And another important thing is that after you start doing this, that same thought will still bring you emotion. Maybe even the depression still. You know, it's there as a signal from you to you. But if you recognize, oh yeah, I worked through this thought, the way I responded to this thought before was to like give in maybe to the depression. But now I'm responding to it differently. I I acknowledge the depression, but I redesigned it. So does that kind of make sense? I know I bored you with the science. So let's start talking about a few reasons why you're struggling with positive thinking. And that's for this episode. Before we get into manifesting what you want in the next one. Reason number one, you are afraid of what other people think. So let's talk about you in relation to other people. Science recap, yay! Nothing outside of you is something for you to fear because you create it, remember? Thoughts become matter. You wrote the playbook. This is your game. Everything that you are afraid of is nothing but you. And it doesn't make any sense to fear your creation. That's like Walt Disney fearing Mickey Mouse. (laughs) It doesn't make sense to envy your creation either. That's like Shakespeare envying Macbeth. So why do other people exist? Tons of reasons. To inspire you to connect with you, to bring out new sides of you, right? How about uh, to help you discover what's going on inside of you? Tons of reasons. But no one exists to create feelings of less than in you. Let's talk about some of the times it's hard to stay positive out here, okay? What about when you sign onto social media and you see uh, all this political divisiveness? You see um, people to whom you want to compare yourself because you perceive them as looking better than you, maybe having more money, a better job, or maybe you see people complaining and you want to feed into that because it would put you in community with them. And that's a human thing to want, a community. It makes sense, okay, that this is how you react. But look, none of these people are better than you. You're creating your perception of them. Don't get fooled into thinking this isn't just a game. So what I'm asking you to do is some of the heavy lifting work of refusing to let your mind be swayed on social media or off. People aren't like inherently annoying or shitty. People just are. They just exist. And you're assigning the content of other people. But Jillian, seriously, why can't I have what that person has? So there is literally only one answer to that question. The only answer is, ready, ready? 
It doesn't fucking matter. This isn't their game. It's yours. Relax into the world of having nothing to prove to anyone. Why do you have to win an argument? Like, why do you have to have the last word? Why do you need to show off that you're living your best life? Hashtag best life. Why do you have to do all that if you're really living it? Maybe you overhear something annoying at work. Let it pass. Don't engage. Maybe you want to gossip. Refocus, refocus away from that. Take your power over your own thoughts back. Do not allow the noise on or offline to become loud in your life. You have to shrink other people's background noises. Other people are nothing but extensions of you. They exist to bring out your creativity, but they don't exist to overpower your thoughts. Look, I work on my reactivity and annoyance all the time. Like I will be in the break room and someone is chewing loudly and I'm like, oh my God, are they a dinosaur? Oh, Wait, Jillian, are you really going to let that ruin your lunch? Like, the world is all going to trigger you. There's a quote, if you think you're enlightened, go spend a week with your family, right? Your triggers are there to teach you to be more loving to yourself. Because when you're more loving to things or people who annoy you, it's actually an act of being more loving to yourself. Denying humanity in others actually denies it in yourself. So maybe your fear comes with doing something scary and you're afraid of getting off the bench because of what people will think of you. This is a good one. Because to this one, I say, be brave enough to suck. The bravest thing you can do is something you suck at. So a personal anecdote. So last year I joined a new basketball team and (laughs) I knew that I would be the worst one. Like, I'm about 12 years out of my prime basketball years, and, you know, I'm 32, and I used to practice every day, I used to have so much time, and a lot of these women, you know, they're like one year out. And at this time, I had gone a while without regularly playing because life got in the way, and I was dying to be back on a women's team. But I kept giving myself every reason on earth to just keep, like, playing pickup and not go stand on a court where... I would probably be the one with the least polished skills starting out, and it'd be obvious. So one day I went, all right, enough with your excuses, Jillian. What's the worst that'll happen? You're going to get better by playing with people better than you? So I went in vowing to keep out of my head. I did not even trip on any bad move I made. I didn't trip on those air balls. I would just set one small goal per game. Like, all right, today I'm going to feel my movement inside a zone. Or today I'm going to try and rebound. And all of this came with a vow. I vowed not to notice what other people thought of me. Other people aren't real. And some funny shit happened. These women were encouraging and wonderful. I made some like-minded, amazing new friends. And hey, I got some of my moves back quicker than I thought I would. And most of all, honestly, I thought I was such a bad bitch for how fearlessly I stepped into complete discomfort. If you suck, you are so brave. Honestly, if I see you out there sucking, like, I'm going to be so proud of you. Like, DM me something new that you suck at any time, and I will applaud the shit out of you, like, whether I know you or not. My Instagram handle is hoopsandheels981. DM me some shit you suck at. Every time you go left where you used to go right, you get a receipt that proves to yourself that you're the one in control. Because remember, we're literally not out to prove anything to anyone outside of ourselves? Yeah. Every uncomfortable thing is building that muscle. That's a rep. That's a rep in the gym. Learn to love discomfort. And that, my friends, is doing the work. 
That hard thing is not hard once you do it, by the way, okay? I got better at ball, but what's great is like I got even further out of my head. And it's so funny because as long as like as long as I can remember that I've been playing basketball, I have always sat and watched a lot of the time. People get like weirded out. They get concerned. They're like, are you okay? Because I'm sitting. I tag myself out and I sit. And through all their concern, I am just sitting there delighted. I love to watch this game. Everyone looks like a ballerina to me. It's like a beautiful dance to witness. And when I'm watching, I'm pretty much always seeing like a sea of people who are stuck in their own heads. They're, they're talking to themselves after a missed shot. Um, they're yelling out excuses like, oh, I was at the gym earlier. I'm so tired. This and that. Oops, I turned it over. Like, that's my bad. It's so funny. I always laugh to myself about how much everyone is in their own head. <laughs> it's not that serious. You got to get out. And sure, you can call it faking it till you make it. But if you're doing the work, you're not actually faking it. I wasn't faking it. I was really playing ball. You're actually stepping into that discomfort and you're actually seeing the results of that. That's real, not fake. So now your eyes are opening to the ways that you've been sleeping in your waking life, right? Letting things that don't matter or what people think of you bother you, control you. I mean, look, I was terrified to start this podcast. I had like a paralyzing feeling of being an imposter in this space. But look, technically, everywhere you go, if it's new, you'll be an imposter, But what I've learned so far is people want to hear your voice. They want you on their team, and you never know who can learn from your experience. If what stops you from anything is the fear of other people's thoughts, revert back to science. Other people's thoughts aren't real. You are creating this game, energy. Get uncomfortable and get those receipts for yourself. And this is a perfect example, you know, it's cliche, but it's an example of how sitting on the bench isn't where you learn. You have to expand into something so uncomfortable to really learn. Just like you have to engage in relationship to learn how to have healthy relationships. Let's be real. You can have your shit tied in a perfect bow while you're single, but you have to get out and get triggered and learn how to advance yourself in relationships. You can't just stay at home with the cheese poofs. And if other people's thoughts validating you is what's stopping you from expansion, then you probably think doing something won't make sense. So I've done like the wildest things that don't make sense because I trusted my own voice and that was the only reason I did them. So I moved here to Chicago from Detroit for one reason only, Kanye West in the homecoming video. I was obsessed. I was like, I want to live there and that's what I want. People were like, Jillian, you literally cannot, like you have to have a better reason to move somewhere than Kanye. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I found a job. It it definitely matched like my ideal job. It was very eerie. It almost didn't seem like a coincidence. So I moved here alone. And guess what? It was still because of Kanye. (laughs) And I have the distinct, indisputable feeling that I am exactly where I should be every day. So when I took that leap, despite my reasons being called stupid, when I took that leap, the universe caught me. And if you said, okay, if you'd said that quote to me in my 20s, I'd have been like, you're smoking weed. Like saying the universe caught you when you leapt, that's someone smoking weed. Well, here I am saying it and I I didn't smoke weed. (laughs) If I didn't move because other people thought my reason sucked, I would have made other people's opinions more important than my dream of living in Chicago. Other people's thoughts are not real. Only your thoughts can be regarded as real to you. I shrunk the noise, shrink the noise. 
Your thoughts are windows into you, okay? Your subconscious is signaling you intuitively. Just pay attention. My brother, so my twin, when we were having this conversation, he pointed out that it's not necessarily other people's faults that they're so conditioned to think negatively or to think that they'll lose. And look, he's so right. He's so right. The only thing that is your fault is, you know, like I said, the refusal to acknowledge. Acknowledgement is an act of service to yourself, an act of empowerment. If you're acknowledging this stuff, you're already stepping away from self-abandoning. On a thought level, just by acknowledging that you don't have to fear what other people think, like you've been taught by the world, you'll just eventually have a moment where you're like, oh, I don't have to participate in that anymore. You'll just wake up from the system and say, enough. Oh, I'm no longer a victim to how others perceive me now. And now you won't master this overnight, but... At some point, a floodgate will open. So number two, you are overthinking everything. So what does a cluttered mind look like? It probably looks like a bunch of static just going into the universe. Your energy waves are just all clogged. Maybe your thoughts spiral into one what if after the next. So when you catch yourself sliding back into your old ways of thinking, engaging in the what if game, worrying about what someone is thinking of you, I want you to start interrupting yourself as well as changing the language by which you address yourself. So during a what if thought, like, oh, what if, uh, what if this happens? Oh, oops, that was the old me for a second trying to pop up asking what if. Up until now, I might have let myself go there. But I remember playing the game that way and I've got some new moves I want to try where I don't focus on what ifs. How about that? Using language like up until now, is helpful in shifting into who you're becoming and shedding your old patterns of thinking. I use this in conversation like all the time. Yeah, previously I was like that. Yeah, in an old life, I used to only date the wrong men. I would actively choose the wrong people. I would definitely not set boundaries. I used to get flustered, you know, making any kind of career move, etc. You know, not anymore though. Boom, I just took my power back. I just spoke my power into existence. Now the universe is vibing with that. Don't be hard on yourself. You know, the last thing I want you to do, like I said, is shame yourself when you have a hard time shifting in your thoughts. Like the universe doesn't, like the universe doesn't point and laugh at you when you have an off day. No, I'm not giving her shit now because she cried today. It doesn't do that. No, feel your feelings. One, so example, like I fucking hate Mondays, okay? I have tried everything to shift out of it. And one of the only things I've found is I can, I can wake up and I can set a tiny goal. Like I love tiny goal setting. Why? Because you can meet that tiny goal and you can celebrate that tiny goal, okay? On Mondays, like I'm usually kind of pissed. <laughs> so I always set a tiny goal. I'm like, well, I'll make it through work. I'll do a good job and then I'll do a little at the gym. Whatever I get done is going to be a win. So then it's like, if I got a lot done at the gym, that's a mega win. If I got a little, I'm at the goal. You know, it's just, it's just something that kind of works for me. I sometimes use a method of like dual thoughts. This is just something that works for me. I don't know. I don't know how this would go over with other people, but I I have dual thoughts sometimes. Like when I notice my negative thought, oh, I hate Monday. I don't want to be here. Then I'll add like a dual thought. Like, well, I'm going to pretend it's Friday. I mean, I'm going to find some fun to have in this day. And then I kind of just stand back and observe both thoughts and I choose one. Like it can be that simple. When I personally, when I notice my overthinking has spiraled, uh, which is obviously a byproduct of outsourcing your happiness, I take responsibility by bringing myself into a me mindset. Here's an example, maybe, maybe you ladies can relate to this. So say maybe I want to text a hottie. 
because I haven't heard from him. And now I'm like, I went to a place in my mind of wanting validation that he's still interested in me. It is time to interrupt. Wait, that's ego driven, Jillian. And that's outsourcing your needs. How can I give myself what I want or need right now? Do I need a drink of water? Am I hungry? Do I need a burger? What can I focus on in the present moment that is relevant rather than worrying about this dude or the past or the future? You know, what someone thinks of me? Can I just like text myself here instead? I can fill that hole. I don't need to send the text. And listen, if I am tempted to send a text for a reason like that, I don't do it. I don't send the text. Because look, really, what is that thought preventing me from? What am I running away from by needing to send a text for those reasons? I'm running away from giving myself what I need. And look, it's never about the text, okay? It's not about the text. We are breaking our pattern of outsourcing our needs because it's never about that other person. It's always about us. We're taking back our power. We're interrupting our overthinking spirals and our need for outside validation. And we're bringing ourselves back to the now. Ask yourself next time you go through this, What is that thought preventing me from? So look, I know this was a super serious episode, but when all else fails, it's a shitty rainy Monday, everything is ass, remind yourself that it's not that serious. Start to relax into trusting yourself. And with that comes the knowledge, the true knowledge that every choice you make from now on will be a positive one. There are no real negatives. Instead of rushing around, trying to catch a bus, trying to do this, that, breathe. Unclench your jaw. Instead of pulling out your phone to complain about something, breathe. Relax. It's not that serious. If you feel like everything is going wrong and you've lost control of your day, then just stop fighting against the wind and live in the now. If you wake up and something's bothering you from yesterday, come back to the present and realize that the negative moment passed. That negativity only applies to a past thought from a past you that is no longer here in this moment. Your past mood is not your current mood. Work on neutralizing any negativity from the past. You should never be, I make it a point to wake up and never carry something over. Look at something negative that might still be bothering you. Look at it like you'd look at a baby picture of you. You know that it's you, but you're detached and far away and you're firmly in the present. And definitely talk to yourself gently and lovingly like you would address that baby you. He or she doesn't know better, but he or she is learning. Relax into the knowledge that you can make the right choice now because the game is controlled by you. There's no bad situations, just bad thoughts. So we have part two of this coming next. So that one is about the law of attraction manifesting and why am I not getting what I want in dating? (laughs) How fun, right? But listen, thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time to get to know you better. Thank you for resetting and reframing your thoughts with me. And thank yourself for the power that doesn't come from getting people to love you, but comes from loving yourself. Yeah, the past happened. You got a story, but you are still standing. So I'm going to leave you with an exercise in presence. Just don't overthink this. Whatever pops into your head, just answer these questions. Deep breath. Be present with me here. How do I feel right now? Where do I feel it in my body? What is something I need right now? What am I prepared to do today to give that to myself? What am I proud of myself for today? 
Say this out loud right now. I am happy with myself. How did it feel to say that? Did it feel real? Say this aloud right now. This is my time to evolve. Believe that. 